All right. We're here. We're here. What's up, Matt? Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's yeah. up, Mike? Uh, good, good, good. Welcome to Shores of Ignorance. We're here. And uh, we just, uh, I guess our last podcast was uh, uh, Zargoon Dean. Yeah. Which was, uh, which was pretty awesome. That was a great one. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the fatherhood stuff was really, uh, oh, I had a friend that, that um, mentioned that, uh, which I hadn't really even thought about, was um, uh, he kind of saw it from more of like his father's perspective. Like he grew up as a, you know, his father raised him and, uh, and he kind of like made him look differently, like how his father raised him and stuff. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, well, I didn't even see that that way. So yeah, that that's really cool. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was Definitely the highlight for me of that one was getting into that fatherhood topic with him. Mm-hmm. I was really thankful for his um, just sort of like clarity and um, I just want to say patience almost with that subject mm-hmm. and being willing to talk about it. It was really good for me. Yeah. And it was very, uh, I think it was, there's a lot of perspective to, you know, not just from his perspective, he was also kind of helping kind of see like, oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be this way, which was cool. And you can kind of go through this without so much maybe tension or contentions, yeah. like which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. So, well, today we have Philip Edsel on yes. the podcast. All right. I'm excited about it. I am too. I just met him. I think I like him. Yeah, yeah? I think so. Already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seems all right. <laughs> so kind of like you, I've known Philip, uh, or, or as I've known you for quite some time, I've known Philip for quite some time yeah. um, as well. We met each other through the music scene here in Austin, both okay. guitar players, both uh, in music projects throughout the years. Um, he's moved on now to other creative endeavors. He's now a, a photographer shooting mm-hmm. fashion and fitness um, and has some really just beautiful work and has seen some really cool successes there. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about just sort of creativity and art Mm -hmm. and how that can transition from one medium to another, um, and sort of get into where he's, where he's gotten and the passions and drives that have, have gotten him there. Yeah. I was was kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, trolling his, uh, Instagram and, uh, saw all those philosophical insights he had on all his pictures. And so I was curious about that and, you know, kind of what kind of motivates him and, uh, just his thoughts and some of of the questions that, uh, he's been turning around in his head and, uh, yeah. Also, I like the dream about the, the, the Greco wrestlers, I think it was. <laughs> so I, I want one of his comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to ask him about yeah, that. He, I think he gives a lot of good, uh, questions in his, uh, in his commentary. So, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think he's a, a thinker as well as a creator. Yeah. Looking forward to chatting. I am too. Cool. Let's bring him on. All right. Uh, we are on Instagram now. Oh yeah. That's Look right. us up mm-hmm. at shores of ignorance and, as of yesterday on iTunes. Yeah. So I think that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, Is it? Anybody can be on it, but <laughs> it felt like a big deal It felt to me. like a big deal. Yeah. So it's we're like on they iTunes. They accepted us. <laughs> Go listen, uh, subscribe on there, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Yeah. See you in a bit. Whatever you can grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the Yeah, so I'm not a musician. I'm the only one in Austin who's not a musician, so. (laughs) 
Philip, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know if you would when I originally asked you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Honored you're here, man. Part of it. Yeah. Man, you're, I was telling Michael before you got here, you're kind of an interesting figure in my life personally, because I feel like I know you pretty well, but when I really think about it, um, we've kind of just more been like adjacent to yeah. each other in life and, and really have never kind yeah. of dug into each other's lives all that much. So I'm excited to have this conversation, um, with you now. And, and I was thinking about the things I wanted to talk to you about and finding myself in this weird place between like having still some perspective of you as almost a stranger that you lose when you get to know someone. You can't yeah. ever see that person the way other people <laughs> do, you know? And yet I still feel like I have something sort of kindred with you yeah. that connects us deeper than that. So that's kind of an interesting place to start a conversation from. Yeah, I was just thinking about how you have this weird bond with somebody. It's when you, I don't know if it's when you share art or when you, at least when you're a musician and you spend late nights loading in and out of a venue and, you know, you play shows together and like either the crowd was really really responsive or it was kind of a shitty experience or whatever it was. Yeah. You share that, um, that sort of bond. And we've had like so many of those experiences that I feel the exact same way that like we know each other super well, but we haven't really had, uh, too many chances to go deeper. So yeah, happy to be here. Good. Yeah. So you and I met, uh, man, it must've been at least 10 years ago. Yeah. It's uh, been a minute. Pro- probably around the days when we were all hanging around Momo's here in Austin. Yeah. Playing shows there. Yeah. That was like a breeding ground for uh, musician relationships, yeah. I think. I used to I used to come sit at Momo's and watch just Jimmy just like destroy. Well, <laughs> you guys would trade off. Y'all would both just like destroy it on the guitar. And yeah, just like Jimmy I was Ingram. just in awe. Yeah, Jimmy Ingram. And I was just in awe. Uh, of that when, live show, man, that was, <laughs> you guys were, were unbelievable. Thanks, man. Yeah. That was back when, uh, Jimmy had those long white dreads Yeah, on too. top of his albino, yeah. just overall look. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So Jimmy's in Nashville now, uh, doing session stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So you were at that time, you were in a band called Courier. Yep. Uh, which was such a cool project and so cool to see you guys, over the span of, of that project, like progress and grow and mature and really like achieve some successes that a lot of people who start out together, especially in a band don't get to. Yeah. Which was, uh, yeah. Thanks man. Yeah, I know. I think it was interesting because when we kind of started, it's interesting you say you got to see us like evolve and mature because we were like, we were very much not evolved or mature when we started. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember you guys walked the first time I met you, you walked into Momo's and we were playing that night and yeah. you walked in just like these four kind of wide eyed kids. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure we were terrified. Um, but we, we grew up pretty quick. I think just with some of the experiences that we were lucky enough to have from, you know, kind of touring and, um, and just a bunch of awesome shows that we were able to play. And so I guess kind of in that, that span of, I don't, I don't know what it was, seven, eight years, something like that, you who were a, a seasoned musician, you know, from the beginning of that got to kind of see us grow up, which was really cool. Yeah. It's kind, of, kind of embarrassing for me, but cool for you. <laughs> so it shouldn't be. Well, yeah, it was a, it was a, an honor to be kind of alongside you guys during that time and get to get to play the shows together. Yeah, I mean, those, we are, did. those are some, some good days. They were. Yeah. How'd y'all start together? Like your, your, your band. 
Um, we met, and, well, the lead singer and I met in college, okay. and we were both songwriters at the time, so we just kind of, I mean, we became fast friends, and mm-hmm. then we started to write together, and then we actually had some original members. Matt, I don't know if you remember, we had a we had a different drummer and a different bass player when we first started. I, yeah. Um, and then we, and then they left to go, when we graduated college, they left to go pursue, you know, a real job, I guess. Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, Rob uh, was the original yeah, bass player, yeah, right? Nicely yeah. done. I ran, well, I ran into done. him like maybe two years ago, randomly. Yeah. Great guy. Still, yeah. still a really good, a good friend of mine. Um, and Ian, our drummer is a good friend as well. But then when they left, we, we kind of found two new members and they became kind of, um, the last like identity piece of our project. And yeah. so that's, that's who we had to, um, kind of create the, the records and tour the country and all that stuff. So what was that like touring with that group? It was, it was interesting. It was like you said, when we started, we were so young, we were so like green to the whole experience. I mean, I remember our first tour through the Midwest playing like Toledo, Ohio, and you know, a couple of those places where it's like not, exactly the you know live music capital of the world yeah and having that experience of sleeping in the van and and playing shows for nobody at some venues and then playing shows for you know a couple hundred people at other venues yeah was super eye-opening and and super exciting for us at the same time so it was definitely a a, a growing experience yeah was this something that was it? Were you able to make a make a living off of that, or was it kind of? Uh... When we first started, not really. Okay. Um, it wasn't until we put out our first record, which we were just lucky enough, and I can't even remember the series of how things happened, but mm-hmm. somehow that record I think did pretty well and ended up on the iTunes charts um, back when that was influential. Yeah. And that led to getting management, who had a lot of ties in the music licensing space, which is really. Um, what I would attribute to most of our success was we had some songs in uh, a couple TV shows and a couple um, movies that that really helped us. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the time when, you know, that was one of like the last few things that actually made money as an artist was licensing. Yeah. Um, Still might be, I don't know, but um, that really helped us. So that kind of like propelled us forward and and generated like the next kind of couple of years for us as a band. So, but... Yeah, as I as I watched y'all go through that process, um, something that really struck me, and I was just remembering uh, this this one article I read in Rolling Stone. Uh, I think it was like the fiftieth anniversary, and they were talking about the best singers of all time. And uh, I'm gonna go away, and then I'm gonna come back to my point. <laughs> but they were talking about the best singers of all time, and and they were talking about the top three, four, five, and they pointed out that these guys aren't technically good singers. You've got like Johnny Cash, you've got Bob Dylan, you've got some of these other people that aren't like technically proficient. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, you could probably say they're shitty singers, but they are some of the most compelling singers to listen to. And Mm -hmm. this writer was talking about like why that is. Like, why is it that these guys that aren't great singers would be considered the best singers of all time? And he made, he he sort of described like watching somebody walk a tightrope and they're not super good at it and every moment they may fall and yet they don't yeah. and halfway through people are watching and they're like oh my god they might make it yeah and as they continue going that you get more and more excited and you're just cheering for them and you're rooting for them and then when they finally make it to the other side it's just like it's a celebration for the people watching yeah and he equ- yeah. Equ- equated listening to someone like bob dylan 
like he's telling a story and you kind of don't know if he's going to make it through the story. <laughs> yeah. And then he does and he brings it home and he delivers it with this tone and this voice. And you're just like, Oh, so good. Right. Um, I, I had that experience a little bit with you guys watching you start and then go and start to see some success and go out on tour and then come back and go again yeah. and again. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's pretty common, um, in, in, in music, we, as musicians, we start projects, we start groups and we go out and we have these high expectations and pretty quickly those get dashed. Sure. And it's like, well, the tour didn't go well. We lost a bunch of money and then you don't do much else after that. And maybe you start something else. And, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of starts, a lot of stops and, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of, uh, that sort of like long game. But I wa- I was watching you guys and getting more and more excited for you, the better it was going. And, um, and I just saw like a lot of, determination, a lot of discipline, a lot of patience, uh, in you guys that seemed to, to pay off in ways that got me excited. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's so interesting because I think we were all kind of in, you know, you and David, David Ramirez, and just so many people that were in the scene at that time. I feel like we all had those kind of starts Mm -hmm. and every time it happened, like I knew that you were so talented as easily as talented as anyone else that's had, you know, quote unquote made it in the industry. Same thing with David, same thing with any of the other guys. And it's so crazy to see those things happen and think like, yeah, that's going to work. Like, why wouldn't that, that that's it. That's the opportunity that's going to take him to the next level. Right. And for me as an artist, I now know that there's no such thing as an opportunity that's going (laughs) to, you know, put you the one opportunity that's going to put you to the next level. It's the sum of so many things. Exactly. And, um, and it's, it, it can be kind of that war of attrition as a musician or an artist in general, where you just kind of have to keep, you, you have the exciting moment. Like I remember we were running around a green room in, uh, I don't know, Philadelphia or something at some other place when we found out we were playing ACL and we thought like, this is it. This is the moment I grew up in Austin. I'm a hometown kid, you know, like this is the dream. Yeah. You know, and then I look back on it, it's like, yeah, we played the first show on a Sunday at 11 o'clock, you know, <laughs> and it's like, that may not have been it for us. Um, but at the and, time it was the biggest yeah, thing for you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's, and I don't, I don't mean, to, I guess, to, to discount those, um, those moments of excitement, but looking back on it, there are plenty of times where I thought this would be it or, you know, that that's the next step. And it, it never really was. And, um, because it was never going to be like, you, it's kind of one of those things where you just have to keep pushing and keep having those moments. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is it was, it was just the next step. Exactly. exactly. It wasn't yeah. the step. Yeah. It's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the thing I think about a lot as an artist. One of the things that I take away from being a musician, somebody asked me last week, like, what's, what's the biggest thing that you learned in your career in music? Um, that, that, has, or I guess that you pull into your career in photography now or, you know, directing or whatever it is. And, uh, that's a really interesting topic. I'd love to talk about, yeah, yeah. um, Jump in. from, or even like what are other endeavors that you had where you switched industry and like you, you had this big takeaway right. for me as something I've been thinking about, like when I, when I left music to do photography on my own, like I went from being kind of uh, a fourth of a voice in a kind of a democratic process, you know, mm-hmm. in the band to controlling my own, my own creative endeavors. And one of the things that I really, the biggest lesson that I took away from, from being in music was like, we always, 
we, first, we, we wrote our first record, we were super young, super green, and we just wrote whatever we could because we'd never done it before. So whatever came out was just what it was. Right. And thankfully, it was like something that was pretty decent. Everything's fair game. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so when we, we did all this touring um, between the first record and the second record, and we toured with a band called Parachute, which I don't even know if they're still a band. But they were like one of those bands that's like, they were super poppy, but also like, so respectable and like unbelievably talented and just like melody in their live show and all that stuff. And we looked at that cause night after night, they just killed it. Hmm. And we thought like, okay, that's something that we want to be like. And we looked at other musicians and we thought that's something that we want to be like. Hmm. And we still made music. I think that we were, that was fairly authentic to us, but the way that it got packaged was in what we thought would be either popular or successful or, would just be received in a way that other people would want it. And so, and I think ultimately that kind of led to like our demise or, or at least like the disbanding of our, of that project. And so as an artist now, I know that like ultimately that's, that's something that I want to avoid. Like that's my biggest take. So yeah. So we go back to that. So what led to the ultimate demise was trying to be something you weren't. Yeah, I mean that's that's a much more succinct way of saying it. I think. I mean, um, seeing yeah, I think the way it's like seeing something and being attracted to it and thinking, if I can become that, then it will be successful. Yeah, It'll because be it already exactly it already is successful. So right. why wouldn't it be successful again? Mm-hmm. And that's like such a trap for the artist or the creative totally. or even the entrepreneur. Is like there's this thing that exists and it's doing well. Mm-hmm. Surely I can replicate that, and right. you know, right. or at least not replicate it because we weren't we weren't like ripping it off, but we were sort of like packaging it in a way that it was it was similar to that you know like we this might do well at radio or this might do well in a tv show or whatever and ultimately like it just made for super i think watered down um art like a voice that had just been kind of packaged to a point where it wasn't it didn't have a strong opinion or stance or yeah i feel like when i was talking to you guys kind of when that was petering out I feel like I remember you saying, yeah, we just don't feel connected to it anymore. Like it doesn't feel like something that's pulling on the, the, like our investment of the heart. Exactly. And that's my, I think that that's when I think about the art that I create now, I just feel so much, it's freeing because I feel so much more, um, willing to create something that people won't like. I think, Mm. I mean, I think this is another topic too, but I think like good art should be polarizing to a certain extent. Like I think the music that we created towards the end of Courier was like, was, was it's something that our fans would like. And it's something like their mom would like, you know, and that's like (laughs) never what you want to be creating. If it's safe (laughs) enough for your fans, moms, (laughs) you're not going to get new fans. Exactly. And, uh, and, and I think that to a certain extent now when I create, like I want to have a strong enough opinion about something or a strong enough viewpoint or whatever it is that, yeah, you know, some people will like it and some people won't. And that's, that's, that's cool. How does that with your, your client, like, you know, they have some input into what they're wanting. And so does that, does that, how does that clash and how do you work through that? It's interesting. I've always found that in, in photography or directing or whatever it is, those projects, I always think that way. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, I need to like water it down. So it's acceptable to them. And then I come to find that the reason they hired me in the first place is because they wanted that. And oftentimes I'm disappointed in myself because I, I watered it down mm-hmm. for them, for mm-hmm. them instead of just doing what like I wanted to do, which is ultimately the reason they hired me in the first place. Right. Um, and that's, a, I don't know, that's, that was kind of like an eye opening 
um, experience. That's so fascinating. I mean, I feel like there's so many aspects of life in which we change some aspect of ourself and our personality to fit what we think someone wants. Yeah. When in reality, the people that are around us are around us because they want us to be us, Mm -hmm. whether it's like a wife, a girlfriend, your family, coworkers, your job, the art that you do is it's all desperately thirsty for your uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And we so often try to change that. Yeah. Even when like, even when, and I think about it, I guess in terms of like artistic endeavors, when somebody's like, I'm hiring you to do this thing. And then you look at their, their brand or whatever. And you think like, okay, well I should probably change it a little bit to fit this. And it's like, <laughs> right. no, they literally just told you. But yeah, that I, I wonder, I'm curious to know like what your takeaways were from, from, from your time in music and, and still your time in music, like how that impacts whether it's like your day-to-day job or, you know, mm-hmm. other artistic endeavors or whatever it may be mm-hmm. or other business endeavors. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I think, I think I found for myself a confidence in my voice in music mm-hmm. and it took me a really long time, um, to feel confident. Like this is my song. This is the way that I sing it and you can like it or not like yeah. it. And I'm not going to tie my value to that. And, I'm not, I was never successful at getting there, but I think I, what I found of myself in music got me closer to there, or at least to know that that's the place I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always done, I've always been creative, um, in my life. I mean, in the times that I'm not doing music, I have always been a web developer. Um, and in that like aspect, I'm designing, I'm coding I'm programming, I'm doing all kinds of different things, which are also very, very creative. Um, and I think that, I've approached those from a place, something of a place that is more me because of my time in music, which has kind of been interesting. And I'm not exactly sure how that applies itself to that endeavor, uh, to the, the programming, the design and all of that. But it, it's, it's changed me in the way that I see that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I think business, I mean, for me, it was, uh, you know, the, the coffee side and the customer service side, like that was something came really naturally for me and I love it. Mm-hmm. But what really challenged me was more of the business side of it. And, uh, that was, a uh, that was kind of my, uh, more like, uh, if I'm going to actually do this and make it last because like, I really loved, you know, um, uh, I don't, I, I don't know how exactly how to say that. Um, I guess I really love the, the coffee side of it and the people side of it, but I couldn't really like, how do you make this last like financially sure. <laughs> to, right. to keep running? So yeah. I was like, uh, I think that was my biggest challenge is like, you know, uh, uh, cause everyone wants to open a coffee shop, sure. but, uh, <laughs> to actually make it work, it was really, it was more of the business side that I had to really get, get my, yeah. my feet on the ground with. That's an interesting difference between like, Art and coffee, which mm-hmm. is 100 percent there, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't think anybody would deny that. Yeah. But there's no like coffee labels or like uh, co- like vendors, like museums yeah. or or uh, agencies. That's right. That if you're like, I want to start a coffee shop, you know, you have this idea in your mind. Well, I'll just do the art until someone notices and yeah. then they take and make it successful. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be the businessman. And yeah. I think in art, so many people fail because they're like, I can just be creative and be an artist and never deal with the business side of it. And so they don't, yeah. you know, nobody sees it because mm-hmm. they're not thinking about business. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I'm curious to know, like, is there is there something that 
when you were creating the coffee shops and like the, the even the brand or the spaces mm-hmm. that you was there like a voice or like some sort of stand that you were taking as like a place where you were like, okay, these people won't like this yeah, or like, and these people will like this. Or is it one of those things where it's like, it's a coffee shop. Everyone should come in Mm -hmm. and everyone should enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Or if it's like, we're not going to serve this because we just, that's not what we do, you know? Yeah. It's kind of morphed over the years, but I mean, for me, I'm kind of more uh, like, I guess I kind of tend more philosophically and then I kind of come out more practically. Yeah. So like, uh, like I've always said this, uh, but to people is like, it's like probably the best things that have ever happened to me is being married, having kids and owning a business or else I would be the monk on the hill <laughs> or a hermit in a field somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, cause like I love thinking like just what could be, what is and, and then, but the actual practical side of it. So that's what, I feel like those three specific things really like helped me to, to really nail down like, okay, you know, this idea, but does it actually work? And mm-hmm. I feel like that's the thing that's most challenging to me that I really love is, is like, and then seeing what worked and what didn't work and then kind of going back and reformulating, you know? So for me, the coffee shop basically was, is, is it was a place where like I did that as a person, like, I, you know, I went through some things early in my life and the coffee shop was a place before we owned the coffee shop was a place that I could go and be around people and not be around people at the same time, you know, yeah. so you could interact and get that, that connection, but you could also be alone with people. And that was something that was like so important for me. So, so there's that aspect of that probably was more my driving factor for coffee. And then I fell in love with more of the art and the craft of coffee later. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. I'd never thought of it that way that the coffee shop as a space itself kind of illustrates these two sides of you. Mm-hmm. One, which is sort of like almost like inside philosophical thinking and another, which is I, I've seen you over the years. You're mm-hmm. great at like, okay, it's time to work. It's time to engage in what is right at hand yeah. and go do that until it's done. And yeah. then I can go back. And that's the hardest thing for me too. Like I like, like I, I was telling Matt earlier, I was like skiing taught me one thing was like, you know, you're, you're sitting on a 20 foot cliff and, you know, it's like you can think about it a lot. And then all of a sudden you just have to say, fuck it yeah. <laughs> and do it, you exactly. know, it's like, which is, which I kind of feel like that's kind of the point I have to get to in the, a lot of areas is just sort of like, okay, I've thought through this, you know, yeah. forever, but at some point you have to start. Yeah. And, well, it's an interesting point that you brought up about, about having a family and starting a business is it like it forces you into the practical pretty quickly yeah imagine like when Mm -hmm. you're staring at you know a spreadsheet of numbers it's like it's cool to be philosophical about something but when it's like (laughs) it's not lining up financially yeah or when your family needs something from you yeah um there's only so much philosophizing yeah to do (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but i do love that i mean i do love that part i think that's one thing that 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 drew me, I started dive, diving pretty deep into your Instagram was like, I really enjoyed your, your, your captions to the different things that you had, had posted on the, on your Instagram. And, and also just the, my, one of my favorites was that guy who's leaning and it's that big, like almost like underneath a bridge or something like that and the shadow. And he's kind of leaning this way. I don't know, but it was a really beautiful. Uh, well, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really translate. He's got a bewildered look on his eye. I don't recognize I, that. God, I take too I many do. photos. <laughs> I take too many exactly. Um, yeah. That's really cool. No, I appreciate that. I it's that's been an interesting thing because sometimes it 
sometimes I get good feedback and then mm-hmm. sometimes um, I, I don't hear anything, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, you always wonder kind of what resonates. I think, though, that when I think about social media in particular, which is not something that I like necessarily want to always talk about, but have <laughs> been kind of forced into that that um, space. I think that what's happening in, in social media is you've had all these people that just they just kind of say they just say empty things Mm -hmm. and I feel like where hopefully it's going is maybe towards a little more authenticity and I I try to be a little more um I guess transparent about certain things and and the craft and and creation process etc um and so hopefully that's that's resonating with somebody but but what are some of the questions like what are the things that you are kind of like wrestling with right now like what are the whether big questions small questions or things that really are or even one that continues to kind of like gnaw on you or, or scratch at you you know yeah sure so sure um i think the biggest like overarching question which i don't even know if i really spent a lot of time thinking about but cool. you guys i'd love your it. feedback <laughs> Let's do it together. Yeah, exactly yeah. um is so earlier in music i mentioned kind of this idea of like that war of attrition right and i think that being an artist being a creative is not like how like what can you create it's um it's almost more like how many punches can you take while still creating over a certain amount of time you know how long can you last doing that yeah and i think um in music that was just an industry that i was ready to get out of mm-hmm. and in photography um a lot like music it's very similar in, in sort of the shift that has happened from um you know kind of like a physical product to a digital product and that whole that whole thing and you know from print to social media, et cetera. Yeah. There's, there's the same type of um, shifts that are happening. There is in every industry, I'm sure. But I, I think I'm always kind of curious, like how long do I spend in this new endeavor before, you know, that becomes like too, too, too many punches, you know? Yeah. Um, and do you I, feel that like every time you go to post one of your pictures on Instagram, do you feel like a certain amount of like reticence, like what, what's going to be the response to this? Yeah, I, I don't feel it from like a, like a, oh, I'm nervous about what the response is. It's more so like a, does it matter, hmm. you know? Because not only is there just so much saturation in terms of the amount of content that is being posted, but also like, will people see it? Will they resonate with what I'm talking about, et cetera? So it's, it's just a matter of, am I, am I just putting out more noise or am I actually like, putting out stuff that I think is having an impact and at least like sharing my voice and my, my art. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things I what do you want that impact to be? Like, what is, what's something that like, you're like, if, if you could like, uh, you might not even be able to put in words, but like, what do you want people to feel or experience or sure. So I think for me, and this is something I've, I've actually really recently been thinking about is I really want my impact to be about the, creative life and like the creative process and specifically like so I've been I, I was a writing major in college I've been a writer since since uh, high school I had a really great creative writing teacher and um, wrote the first ever Instagram novel for whatever that's worth and then, uh, I remember that and then um, and then was a musician tour musician for you know eight years or so and then uh, and then have been a photographer for you know a, few, uh, a little while and overarching just like more so than just each individual field has just been this idea of what does it mean to to be a professional 
artist, like mm-hmm. a professional creative? Like, what does that look like in terms of how disciplined you have to be? Mm-hmm. What does that look like in terms of like how to run a small business? What does it look like in terms of, um, basically like how do you get your work out there, et cetera. Like just so many things, like what does the actual creative process look like? What does the craft look like? And I'm almost more passionate about that than I am about any one particular thing that I'm creating. Okay. And, and lately that's been a lot of the response I've been getting online and a lot of the conversations that I'm having is, is more about, uh, or those conversations are more about the process and being that sort of full-time creative um, then they are about like, how do you take this photo or how do you, you know, record this song or whatever it may be. It's less about like the, the practical and more about kind of the, the theoretical. Mm-hmm. Maybe less so. about the fact that or less about the output of your art yeah. being the point, less of that being the product and more of your doing it and living it being exactly an expression of art. Yeah. Did you ever take part in those seven and sevens that Ivy used to do? I did. Ivy? Yeah. So I always loved, I always loved the idea behind that because as much as I hated the actual like process um, <laughs> of writing seven songs in seven days is what it was, is he always talked about it, um, that it was more of an exercise in discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like actually finishing a song is the hardest part, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you can start a million songs, right. but actually like going through the process to finish it. And that was always something that I found so fascinating because whether or not the song is crap, doesn't matter. Like whether or not the output, as you say, like is any good, is almost like less relevant to me than than the actual process of seeing it through from start to finish. Well, that's a good point. Like if you want to be a professional artist, you, you have to put more weight on the process than the output. If you put all the weight and and value on the output, you're, you're going to die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I I don't know how to put it in a percentage, but I would say like 75% of what an artist creates is crap. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say probably more, probably more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so if you put your value on the output, you're going to really struggle with yourself. But if you put that value on the process and I also, I really loved that seven and seven thing because it opened me up creatively. And some of what I loved about that wasn't even the songs I wrote during the seven days, but the songs that came the week and the month after yeah. that. It was like, it was that exercise that enabled me to go, then go on and write sure. better and better songs. Or like, it was cool when you, when, or at least for me, like I would write something or I would hear something that Austin wrote and it would be like, there would be like this one really awesome line and the song was crap and I knew it was crap, <laughs> but like that one melody was like, man, that's a great chorus hook for something. And then later I'll use it for this or that. You know? Something comes out of yeah. it. Yeah. And that was a really cool process. Yeah. It seems like y'all are kind of addressing fear. You know, it's like kind of like that just output and gets you kind of beyond the, <clears throat> beyond fear of, of what you're actually producing and kind of getting to something that is more, uh, meaningful or, or yeah. actually like does have that impact maybe. Yeah. I think that's a really good, that's a really good point. And I think that's something I think about a lot because when you are a creative, especially when you're freelance, you're, you're going from job to job. Right. Mm. So there is that hypothetical, there could be no other job. There oh, could yeah. be no next record. There could be, you know, there is, a, there is some cliff I think that looms ahead of you as a, as a sort of freelance artist. Uh, I mean, I guess that's probably true for anyone, even if you're at a job, but like you could continue to do the job, right? It's not going to enforce some foreseeable future just end necessarily. So 
I think that's, that's something that I think about a lot. And like, if, if, or when that comes, am I, is that a field that I stay in and like, and continue to, to push forward in, or is it something that I switch out of, you know? And yeah. so I think that's, that's a really interesting thing to talk to two former musicians or not former. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're still an incredible. I'm, yeah. I'm still a musician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I feel like I'm former at this point, but, um, it's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. So how did you end up at that point? So shifting from music to photography, you, you did reach that point where you had to decide, yeah. am I going to continue or am I going to switch to something else? Yeah. How did you, why did you reach that point? How did you make a decision in mm-hmm. that moment? And what sort of things were tied to that? What sort of fears yeah. and hopes? That's a really interesting question because I remember Austin and I, Austin was the lead singer of Courier and then we, um, we ended up starting a new project called New York Movie where we just released an EP. But I remember towards the end of that, we, we were sitting in his living room and we looked at each other and we were laughing because we, somebody said that, man, the idea of just like selling all of my gear on Craigslist and just like doing <laughs> something else uh-huh. sounded like amazing. It just sounded like super relieving, you uh-huh. know, um, to not be weighed down by, you know, just a lot of gear and all that stuff. I feel like when you have moments like that in life, you got to pay attention. Yeah. When something like sounds scary, but relieving. Yeah. It's probably something you should consider. Totally. A hundred percent. And we laughed about it because we both felt it to be true. Um, but so we, we put out this EP, which honestly, like we, we had worked on for, for probably six months to a year, like not, not a ton of time. And I think we were both more proud of that than anything we had done previously in Courier. And so we'd gotten to a point where, we were producing the best work, at least the work that we were most proud of. Um, we were producing the best work that we'd ever done. We were like happier than we'd ever been. And we were also more ready to like quit and, and move on to the next thing. And I think that was, to your point, like a pretty clear sign that like we were ready to, you know. Did you feel a certain amount of like, like I, I reached some personal goal? Like I made this thing it's, I think the best thing I've ever made. And I think I'm happy with that. And I don't think that I need to try to top that. Was that something? I don't think that we thought this is like the end all, like we've, we've ascended like this mountain. So we're good. You know, I think we were just, we were just like happy with what we had done. And, and that alone was enough to be okay with moving on. It was not like we've done the best we ever could or that this was what we'd always set out to do. It was just like, uh, yeah, we're content here with this and we both feel pulls in different directions. I was doing photography more and more frequently professionally. He was thinking about, you know, going to architecture school. And so we were, we were just like really content with that decision. It didn't mean that there wasn't like a, a good bit of like sadness that came with it, but we were just like super, I think we were both super content and ready to move on. So, so you kind of reached this place where it's like, you voiced it like, man, yeah. that might be relieving. And then you thought about it and said, you know, I'd be content doing this. And, yeah. and you'd already started photography at that point. Yeah. So yeah. I've been doing it for a couple of years and, uh, had been doing it more and more frequently. I've been doing it part-time professionally, was getting hired and, and just knew that it was something that I kind of wanted to pursue full time. But I think going back to that question about, and I'd love to have y'all's input on that. This is, this is like something that happened when I was a kid that is like now coming, coming back out. But, uh, no, I, I remember it's a really funny story. Actually. I remember taking an aptitude test when I was in high, in high school 
And it was like, I think my, my parents wanted me to do it. Cause it was like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college. And it was kind of the thing of like, Oh, you need to, you need to figure it out. Not that they were pressuring me, but just like, I wanted to know as well. And so I took this aptitude test and it was like over the course of this weekend and I, and the, whoever was running this test, this guy brought us into his office at the end of it to like give us the results. And he basically said like, he basically said something to the effect of like, Philip tests really like high across like all of these different fields and which you think would be like a kind of a good thing. But he was like, basically he's, he's not, he said something to the effect of like, he's not going to really be happy with anything that he does. Oh wow. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, it's a high school kid. I'm like, gee, like clearly that stuck with me. Your son Um, tested high, but he's doomed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They basically said like, he'd be really good at like, I don't know, management or something because he could like, you know, do a bunch of different things. Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Edsel. Your son's going to be an upper middle manager. So I just remember that sticking with me and I always used to be like, man, F that guy. (laughs) But now I think about him like, damn, that was like really true because like I've gone from being a musician to being a photographer and director to um, I'm actually uh, helping launch with a partner, helping launch like a menswear uh, basics brand here in a couple months. And I'm doing the creative direction for that. And like, I love juggling different things. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because like, I look back on that. And I'm like, damn it. That guy was like, he might have been right. <laughs> like not that he wasn't right about the me not being happy. Like I'm super happy. It's yeah. just that I, for some reason have that personality or whatever it is that I just like doing, doing kind of multiple things. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that, that that's probably a pretty common occurrence. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, oh, think, maybe not. <laughs> I think I can relate to that personally. I, I've always sort of had my hands in probably too many things at yeah. one time. Mm-hmm. And I've always somewhat envied people who are a little bit more singular in sure. their pursuits. Yeah. You know, like I, I remember hearing uh, Mike Campbell of the Heartbreakers mm-hmm. at one point saying like, man, if this music stops working out, I don't know what I'm going to do because this playing guitar is all I know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I wish I had that problem. Mm-hmm. because yeah, then exactly. I would have to do it, yeah. you know, because it's like my dream my whole life has been to be a musician and I'm not a professional musician yeah. um, for very complicated reasons. But um, I've always had something of an envy for that. We used to always joke about like how awesome it would be to go into an office from like this time to this time and like have someone just tell you what to do. And like, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. when you become a musician, like obviously you're trying to do the total opposite, yeah. but we had been in music for so long where you're just like, there are days where either nothing comes out or like you don't have any opportunities to go tour or whatever it is. Like things aren't going your way. And you're like, man, it'd be really nice for somebody just to like, tell me what to just do. Tell you know? what yeah. to and then do. at the end of the day, like I would go home and, uh, you know, I'd turn it off, which it probably doesn't happen for most people anyway. But like, you know, I wouldn't be thinking about the next song while I'm eating dinner or talking to my wife or whatever it is. Right. So. I think that's the entrepreneurial spirit. Kind yeah. of, I mean, what you were talking about is like, you know, you're interested in all these different things, but it's not really necessarily the thing, but it's more of like the starting and, and, and kind of like bringing it to life. Sure. But at some point you're like, okay, I kind of want to, I want to bring something else to life. Yeah. I want to bring something else to life. And I feel like most entrepreneurs I know kind of have that same sort of like, you know, they, there's a, there's a, I don't know, it's not necessarily a joke, but there's an idea of like, uh, liberals start businesses and conservatives run, run them. Cause <laughs> yeah, like you need fun. somebody who's comes in and says, okay, Hey, nuts and bolts, let's get it done. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. and let's make this thing go long-term where you also need someone who's, I don't mean liberal and conservative in like necessarily political terms, yeah. but more in uh, way of thinking. Uh, but like, so like, uh, but you need those, those people are kind of a little bit more open and like, you know, don't, don't like boundaries and, and kind of 
want to think outside the box, you know, it's like, yeah. but do you need somebody else to come in and kind of put some, <laughs> put some, uh, uh, put some things in, in place. And, and so you can move forward, you make know, it like, into a viable, sustainable yeah, exactly, thing. Exactly. Well, I think that's a fear that I have. Like, I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to start something that like I can't finish necessarily, you know, yeah. or like that I don't have any intention of finishing mm-hmm. at least because like clearly I've started things that I didn't finish, but yeah. that like I, I at least felt like I saw through and that, that, I think that's a fear of mine is that like, I'm just doing it cause I enjoy starting a new, I like branding things, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and like announcing things, but, um, <laughs> which I really don't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a fine line between like being excited about new projects mm-hmm. and then also not like being willing to see something through. So, yeah, I think for me, like I've, 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 I've over the years, I like kind of learned that about myself also. It's yeah. like, I've also had to learn to hire people that are better at things than I am. So it's like my, my, my claim to fame is that I'm good at a lot of things, but master of nothing. Yeah. And so like, you know, I kind of reach a certain proficiency and then, you know, I, I have to hire people that kind of will take it to that next level yeah. because like. I'm kind of like, I'll kind of jump into another, <laughs> another space. Like we're starting roasting this next year, you know? So it's that's like, awesome. I have this great team that's going to run the, the retail side of it. And then I can focus on the roasting and get that up and going. So it's like, so I really enjoy that part of it. You know, that's, that's hard to do roast. I mean, I don't know how to do it. I just watch the process and I like, oh, just burn it. And yeah. Just joking. It's a lot more comfortable. Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. On, so, a, on a side note, sorry, just thinking about Starbucks. There's a, the new Starbucks Reserve, and they make you they make you pay, which is an amazing space by the way. But they make you pay for these pour overs. They're like these really exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, beans or whatever. Yeah. And it tastes just yes, like the other coffee. It's <laughs> really? so disappointing because they're they're making yeah. a big show. They they've created this whole bar off to the side, yeah. and they're making a big show about the pour over. And you think, and they give you a black cup, and you think it's like, is this it? Like Starbucks. <laughs> And then that's the it just tastes like normal it Starbucks just tastes like coffee. Burned co- I mean, that's the thing. It's just it's, it's just burned, burned coffee. So, yeah, yeah it's I, I, I've gone. I've been there too. Yeah. And it's like as, at the same time, I can appreciate the difference that's at that table. Yeah, but it's really just it's, basic. It, yeah, it's very normal. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, which is hilarious. <laughs> but. So you've started something new. Speaking of starting new things, yeah. uh, this this idea of morning thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah which you've been doing for a little while now, yeah. and I found it really fascinating. It's actually been kind of one of my more favorite parts of the Instagram experience recently. <laughs> um, and maybe it's just because it actually does feel authentic as opposed to kind of some of the, the noise. But there's, there's kind of two interesting points there to me. One is this idea of like being involved in actual like honest conversation, even with yourself, and like exposing some of these things that you have inside of you and saying like, you know, I wake up with things on my mind and I'm going to let you know some of those things. And yeah. that takes a lot of courage. And, mm. and the other thing is you post these things at like 6 a.m., which is super early yeah. for most people. Yeah. Um, so how did you start doing that and why did you start doing it? Yeah, it's it's really funny. It's kind of turned into like this branded thing. I mean, I, I don't know if it's turned into like a, it's not a huge thing by any means, but the <laughs> people that follow me at least like, I feel like it's kind of become this branded thing, yeah. which is silly because it was never... It was literally me just writing morning thought, yeah. this, this, and this. And now it's become like, that's the title of it. You know? right. um, but uh, I honestly, I get more feedback and responses from people on that than I do like any of the stuff that I, like the photos that I've worked really hard you know, to, <laughs> to create. So I'm just, I'm just rocking with it. I'm just going with it, you know? Um, that's awesome. But uh, I, I legitimately, I mean, I feel like some people think that I'm like writing stuff out and then just like, 
you know, copying it over. But I'm like, I mean, some every now and then I've done that, but most of the time it's literally like I'm driving to go work out or something in the morning. It's literally just the stuff that's kind of like going through my head. And I don't know, I don't know really where that comes from other than the fact that I'm always like in the creative space. And I think that's stuff that I'm thinking about, but it's been really cool. I think, I also think that a lot of times people just want to hear like somebody say, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking some L's too, you know, or like, yeah. I, this has been a tough week or like, uh, sometimes I struggle with patience or, or whatever it is, you know, like my, they're not always that deep. Like sometimes they're, they're kind of like silly, but I think a lot of times artists just want to hear that, that from other people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, an important distinction. You didn't title it deep morning. Thoughts. Yeah, exactly. It's just morning <laughs> yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And I think that's, what's been like so cool about it is it's like, and, and really any, anything worth saying and sharing, whether that's through like a creative art form expression mm-hmm. or, or not, um, and maybe this is kind of the weird place we've gotten into with social media. Previously, thoughts were shared through art, yeah. mostly in newspapers, maybe. But now it's like everybody has voice everywhere. Yeah, I know. But sharing, sharing these these thoughts that you wouldn't normal normally otherwise share, and then people have the opportunity to be like, "Oh man, I think that too sometimes." Yeah, and it resonates. It's the weirdest thing because it's, I'm basically just tweeting on Instagram stories. Like it's literally the same thing, but I can't do it on Twitter. No, like I can't. Doesn't work. I, it doesn't work. And somehow on like just in Instagram stories that allowed. What is it at work? That's I don't know. Like yeah. I don't. When I get on Twitter, I'm like I'm bad at Twitter. Like the oh, yeah. stuff that I it's it's not it's not interesting. It's not mm-hmm. funny or whatever. And then somehow just like that platform of in the morning, just posting it to Instagram. Well, I think that's, that's what happened with Twitter though. Everybody started feeling pressured to be funny and witty. Yeah. 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 Where there's not that pressure on Instagram. Yeah. Cause no one's, no one really posts like that's the, uh, I feel like my story of Instagram is I've always posted like long, like captions or long copy uh-huh. and it's not the place for that. And right. somehow that's always just like, it's resonated with people, I yeah. guess. Like, um, and that's an interesting idea. I think the other thing too is like, I think there's something to say for consistency. Like if you do anything oh, yeah. with consistency these days, I think people are for whatever reason, pretty like taken aback by it. Yeah. I've just been doing it every day or more, more or less every day for right. like the past like year. Well, that's know? totally true. I mean, and that's, I mean, I think it speaks to what we're talking about earlier with just like that discipline and drive, um, and, and determination that it takes. Um, yeah. When you show consistency in something, we don't see that a lot in the lives of most, pe- most people. these yeah. days. Yeah. And it's, it, I think it, it, covers a lot of like it it makes up for the fact that it's not always that great like the stuff i'm saying is not always that deep or, yeah. or meaningful or great or whatever it's just i do it but every it happened day. at it this happened. time of the day yeah. actually the other day you posted one at like 10 a.m <laughs> yeah and i saw it and i looked at the timestamp and i was like no it doesn't count yeah no exactly <laughs> i thought the, that was actually i think it might have been yesterday and i thought the exact same thing i was like i felt dirty posting uh, <laughs> I was like, 10 a.m no, that's not a morning <laughs> yeah, thought exactly i know you he got just, up at yeah, five you just thought about well actually yesterday i slept in so oh uh, nice uh, <laughs> so We're, you oh, go ahead well like so getting up that early like why why did you why did you start that practice or when did you start yeah, that practice about a year ago i had I had like three things that I just like, I, I like jokingly referred to 2018 as like back in 2017. I was like, it's going to be the year of like the hard, good things for me. Oh, like the things that I wanted to do and I knew would be good for me if I did, but like hadn't been doing. And one of them was getting up early. One of them was reading 
And one of them was, uh, I think it might have been like watching less TV at night, which kind of went hand in hand with reading. And um, the TV one I haven't been really great at, um, but uh, but I've been There's really just trying. so many shows. I know. It's just, it, Netflix is so good these it days. Is. Uh-huh. And HBO. But, um, but when I started waking up super early, I realized that that time, not only so... I would go, I'll go, I'll go exercise like first thing in the morning, which is really great because most of the time I, if I save it till the end of the day, I just, I won't do it. Totally. Yeah. And that's just like a, that's just like a, a thing, a personality thing that like, I know I'm, I'll think of some excuse not to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was practical. And the other thing was just like being, being able to think like to, to read or think or, or work at an hour where no one's really on social media. I'm not really tempted to get on it because no one's like posting anything. Um, like no one's calling my phone or texting me or anything. Like it's just, it's so much more conducive to my craft and to my, into my work that I would much rather spend that time in the morning doing that. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's kind of revolutionized my, like it's been one of the biggest life changes in the past like year uh, I just love that. I love that time. And it, mm-hmm. it's not like it gets necessarily any easier. Like I'm not one of those like super hardcore, like Navy SEAL discipline people, <laughs> uh-huh. which are, which are pretty popular these days, but I just like, I really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been like the biggest difference for me. So you get up at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Do you, how much do you sleep at night? I try to go to bed by like 10, um, which is which is a pretty decent amount of sleep. Yeah. Um, I mean, seven hours, that's huge. Yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's 11, but yeah. Six, seven hours. Six, a seven night, hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that's like, I think, I think it's a, I think it differs person to person. I don't think everyone necessarily like can operate. In, oh, absolutely. You know, on six hours of sleep. I don't think everyone should. I'm not even saying that I shouldn't <laughs> most of the time. Right. Most of the time I'm getting closer to seven and that feels fine. Like I, I don't, I'm not tired. I'm actually more tired. Like yesterday I slept in for the first time in a while. Um, and I was actually like just dragging the whole day. Like mm-hmm. it felt worse. So, um, does your, you're married. Mm-hmm. Does your wife, is she doing this with you or is no, she, so she gets up around like six forty-five or so for school. Uh-huh. And so she used to wake up before me and then now I'm up like by the time I'm coming back, she's waking up and like letting our dogs out and stuff. So um, and actually that's like, we actually spend some time together in the morning now because, um, she gets home pretty late. And so now I actually like have a little more time together. So it's been good. What does she do? She is a public school teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a teacher. Yeah. Super long hours, mm-hmm. super, um, just a lot of red tape and, and not enough appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, but she's, she loves it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of have to, I think. Yeah, you're going to be a public school teacher for uh-huh. sure. How long have you been married? I've been going on six years now. Six years, oh wow, yeah. that's cool. So how is music and, and photography and all that stuff? Like, were you still doing music whenever you were married? Yeah, okay. so, it, and she, it was weird. She, she never really had an issue with, with like my career in music. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was, she, I was also I was with three other guys mm-hmm. that she knew really well that she like felt super comfortable with me like touring with and stuff, mm-hmm. which helped. But also like, I mean, obviously the being gone wasn't wasn't the most ideal. But she was always really supportive. I think honestly, one of the things that one of the big conversations that we had was when when I was leaving music to go into photography, 
you know, a lot of times when, when music got hard, I would think about photography or I'd think about other things I could do to kind of avoid some of the, the tension we were having as a band or, or whatever. Um, and I kind of used that as like an as escape. Yeah. So when she saw me starting to do photography more, she actually like pushed me on it and was like, hmm. are you doing this because you like, it's something that you want to pursue or are you doing it because like it's hard right now in music and you're just like trying to kind of run away from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which was actually like, which was, it, I really, I really appreciate that looking back on it and also kind of opposite of what you think a wife would, you know, right. A wife of a musician. Yeah, She's like, like, yeah, get out of music. Loving it get a real job. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Whatever. So, but she's been, yeah, she's always been really supportive. So. Yeah. So do you travel a lot right now with, with photography? Or? I, I do. I actually, the past like month or two, it's been nice. I've been, I've been here. So I've been able to get a little more of a, of a schedule and a rhythm, which I, which I prefer, but I'm in New York about once a month oh, and cool. then heading to LA, um, to work on some stuff for, the other business that I'm starting to do some manufacturing stuff. And so just probably about once a month traveling. So always like this, the other business. Yeah. <laughs> is that, yeah. is that public or is that public knowledge? Or is uh, that still kind it's, of like... it's just, it's not that it's like I'm hiding it. It's oh, just yeah. that it's like still in gotcha. the whole thing gotcha. is still yeah. in production. So, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So you're going to do all the shooting for that. And... Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I, so I came on with a, with a menswear um, boutique here in Austin mm-hmm. And we, and I came on as like content, uh, kind of helping them create content. And then just kind of, as we looked at the the market and looked at what people actually wear, it's just like, and what, what we both enjoy wearing is mm-hmm. just like basics, you know, it's, yeah. it's the really great t-shirt, the really great button down, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just seemed like that model. And especially with retail, I, it's funny from music to photography to, to like retail. I just, I basically just choose industries that are in total disruption and you know, are, are, when's the worst time to get into this? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> exactly. So, um, we just kind of looked at the, the, the boutique model versus like the direct consumer digitally native, uh, brand model. And, and so, um, yeah, it just kind of was, it was honestly a really natural evolution into creative direction. And when I was getting into photography, I thought maybe that creative direction would be something I would do just because I do like to have kind of my hands in different things. Yeah. Um, and so it's been kind of a natural evolution. But going back to the sort of the fear part, I'm, I, there's always that nagging bit um, in my head that's like, are you, are you trying to jump out of something because you like to start something new or because you're afraid of seeing this through or whatever. So yeah. that's kind of an Surely it has to be both, right? Yeah. Can you separate the two? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I think that that's an, that's a healthy thing to have. Yeah, know? I think so. I think so, so too. And when, they, when they're in healthy balance, it creates almost like a, a creative adrenaline, adrenaline rush yeah. that, that you seek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. I'm just an adrenaline. I'm a creative adrenaline. <laughs> a creative <laughs> adrenaline junkie. Yeah, man. Exactly. exactly. That's cool. I look forward to seeing how that goes. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> I'm I'm confident in oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. I was just checking my my all my all my questions. Sorry, keep talking. <laughs> I think I kind of ran to a uh, uh, just a mental lull. Mm-hmm. I think I think I was thinking about this on the way over here. The shores of ignorance, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds like the like the tenth Narnia book that like never gotten that never got. That's written. badass. Ooh, that is good. Someone else said it, said it sounded like a Metallica or a, a metal band. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But 
<laughs> it's the, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like ever since we've, ever since we've, uh, gone through this, I mean, I've, I've thought about this whole, like whole quote for a long time and, uh, and, but ever since we've named this Shores of Ignorance, I've kind of gone back and like tried like more philosophically, like dive into it. And man, it's been like a, it's been pretty pulling at my brain as really? far as like, like, like what all these different, I feel like I'm, I, I find myself in the middle of all these different thoughts and perspectives and that, and this analogy that we've kind of come up with and are moving through has really made me more. It's like, it's kind of cool. Like the idea of like being challenged and being in a, in a spot where you don't really know, um, uh, kind of where you stand, you know, I think that's something that this, that, that the whole th- idea of the shores, like my buddy asked me is like, he's like, yeah, Michael, what's it like to sit on the shores of ignorance? Hmm. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm very comfortable there. Yeah. Like to be kind of like, I, I'm either pursuing something or no, I'm always pursuing something. So, well, I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like the people that I that I respect most, and I feel like you guys are are pursuing this by just having a podcast where you're talking about different ideas and stuff, mm-hmm. are always the people that I think are like self aware enough to know what they don't know, mm-hmm. or at least like at least know that there's plenty out there that they don't know. Yeah, and I love that idea, and I think like that's to me of you guys talking to, to different people and bringing people in is like you guys I think are just really interested in the conversation and like the, mm-hmm. the learning aspect, not necessarily like having some goal of where you want to be or, or where yeah. the conversation should end up. But like, let's just talk about ideas. And that, that to me is cool. Yeah. As a, I don't know, the thought of shores of ignorance. I think that, that ties in. Well, it's, it's, it's and again, this is, I'm kind of jumping off into unknown area. How are we doing? Good. Good. Okay. You're yeah. jumping off into the waters of ignorance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, that's the thing. Uh, uh, it's I kind of, you know, there's always another question. There's always another business. There's always yeah. another. I mean, there's there's it never never stops. And so like, I've, I've, so I've been kind of thinking about that a little bit more. And and and, and so there's that there's the pursuit and the love of something, mm-hmm. but then there's 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 a there's a place where it actually becomes, um, uh, what do you call it? Like when it turns sours or it like um uh uh spoils yeah because like you're you're after something you're pursuing something but then after some after a while it just it becomes more of this oh shoot i just lost my thought but one after another after another and you no longer love or enjoy it becomes more of like a burden than like an excitement yeah Yeah. and there's a there's a there's a space that's in between where you where you can kind of sit and be okay with not knowing and not pursuing and not creating, you know, it's like, I feel like you have to have that, that balance of like being okay with not creating and creating at the same time. Because if it's like, if it's all about creating, then it seems like something and that spoils, you know, but if you just are okay with not creating, that also will do this very same thing. And it's like, I don't know. Again, I'm just kind of like something about that tension. Well, I think it's kind of bothered me as you were talking I think like the thing that came to my mind was like when you're creating you kind of have to create up and this is a nice this is a nice full circle conversation but (laughs) you have to create out of a place of like confidence almost like I think you have to create like whether it's a new business Mm -hmm. or or a piece of art or whatever it is out of like this is what I want this is my vision for it like I have to kind of create you know Mm -hmm. um 
and this is how like I foresee it. And I mean, I think there's steps along the way where you're, you're getting input and you're trying to ask questions and stuff, but like you're creating out of an idea. Whereas like when you're not creating, I think you're more open to asking questions and open to input. And Mm -hmm. that's a, that's an interesting idea of like the balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I think, cause I, again, I think my, my wife's really good with this for me is just like kind of redirect, <laughs> redirecting me or kind of changing me or push me into a space where I'm not like, you know, necessarily asking the questions, but more, my dog's getting more anxious. Listening. <laughs> he is, but more like, like listening yeah. than, than, than searching, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anywho, <laughs> that's, always, that's always the tension. I have a lot of those thoughts that are a lot of those things where it's sort of like, and this is where I stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like, that was such a heavy idea. We all just have to sit here. And- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but I, lo- I do love that. I mean, I think there's, there, there's that, um, I like coming to the end of my, my abilities, my thoughts. And I mean, I feel like, you know, in marriage and with kids and with the business and stuff like that, it's like, I've always come to this spot where I'm just sort of like, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And like, I remember like it's year three and uh, with Medici it was like, it's like, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like yeah. I understand all this stuff except for how to run a business. Yeah. And it's like, I have to figure this out. And like th- year three to year five was the sort of that experience of like figuring that out. And then kind of like, then you hit another, you know, it's like, I'm always feel like I'm hitting that wall of where I'm like, I don't know, sure. you know, or, or even, you know, it's like, again, like, you know, I've been married for 16 years and it's like, it's like, you kind of hit this point where you're like, wait, I don't know you anymore. Who are you? You know, it's like, and I feel like that's also that, that part of like, you know, you kind of start to, it's almost like you start to live with this idea of a person yeah, or even like an idea of a business or, or, or your creative stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, you start to, instead of like actually engaging it, you know, what it is. And so I feel like, I feel like I keep hitting those walls ever so often. So. The shores of ignorance. The <laughs> shores of ignorance. There you, go. <laughs> so you can't go any further because there's water there. You mm-hmm. have to just wait until it recedes or whatever. That yeah. was way too metaphorical, but I, li- I really <laughs> like exactly that exactly what it is. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. But. Well. Yeah. Shall we end it there? I don't know. I think so. It feels good. Yeah. It does. It feels good. We we ended on the shores of ignorance. That's perfect. <laughs> Thanks for plugging our uh, yeah. our brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're gonna on your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they already know. They're already going. here. Yeah. <laughs> All fifty of them. Well, if you got this far. Uh, Philip Edsel, you have a podcast that you just started too. Yeah. I think you might be three episodes in. We're three or four yeah. now. Uh, so y'all. If you're listening here, go check out yours. What's um, it called? It's called. Well, I just called it Morning Thoughts. I had the oh, same. Gotcha. I had the same conversation that you guys had when I first started. I was like, "What am I going to call this thing?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Might as well just call." It. The reason I started it was because Morning Thoughts, as a, as a, kind of a platform, is a very short, succinct idea. And if I make it any longer, it ruins the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But people would always ask me questions, and I was like, "Oh, there's there has to be some forum for me to just you know." like go deeper yeah. is the podcast. It's just me ranting. Yeah. The podcast, so. oh, I think, but cool. I did give you a shout out last week on that, uh, that no Carl Young quote that is Carl Young. The, oh the, yeah. The one that you sent me, I loved. Well, which I was one? Like, it was, um, 
be what was it? Beware the oh. the wisdom you do not earn yeah. or something. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, and that's just been like kind of ruminating in my head. So I I was talking about something and that came up. That's interesting. It was perfect timing because that quote came uh, from podcast episode two on ours. Nice. That that quote came that up and then you posted something that reminded me of it yeah. and I replied to you and then now we're here and the conversation keeps going. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> that's cool. I love that. That's life, man. That's creativity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we should do that. Where, where can people find you at our bay? Get all your all your stuff. You can find me on Instagram just at Edsel, E-D-S-E-L. Um, that's where I post my work. It's where I post morning thoughts um, for what they're worth. <laughs> uh, and then my website's there too and stuff, so. Awesome. You can find me there, yeah. Good. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much it's for coming. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's nice to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too. <laughs> That's cool. So in the Tall Guys podcast. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> we, are, we are all pretty tall. Pretty yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll post a picture on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I always, always forget <clears> that. So, well, thank right. you guys for uh, for listening, and yeah. uh, we'll have a few more in the next couple of weeks. So. <clears throat> Thanks so much. Yeah, Bye. Thank you. Bye.